Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast, episode number 267 with Sandeep Nath. How are you, Sandeep? Hey, hi. <laughs> so nice to be with you and your listeners, Dale. Thank you so much for inviting me. My pleasure. Now, I know we've been trying to sort this out for a while, and we're finally here, which I'm so excited about. So I know we're going to talk about everything you're doing now, which I'm really excited about. And it really sort of, it goes nicely with the audience who will be listening and my vision in life to sort of improve mental and physical well-being around the globe. Um, but what's your journey been? Uh, you, you've got a fantastic backstory. Do you want to sort of paint the pictures for the listeners there, Sandy? Thank you so much. Yeah. It is so exciting to be on this journey where we are energizing people. And uh, my backstory is interesting because I was the epitome of low energy and high stress. <laughs> and it goes back to being a conformist. It goes back to doing the right things, getting a good education, getting a good job, not liking the job, setting a, co- a company, being successful setting up the company. And, uh, you know, having the car, having the house, having everything that uh, people think is the right thing to have, the signs of success. But inside, there was a hollowness. And my journey today, and the reason if you're listening to us right now, you're listening to a guy who has addressed that hollowness and who has found that most of us are plagued with the same thing and we keep it to ourselves because that's what conformity is about. That's what everybody does. And so we do it. And so we feel there's nothing wrong with us because there's something wrong with everybody. (laughs) So my backstory comes from there, Dale. It comes from um, a sense of uh, disgust almost, about being a part of the problem. It seemed to me that as uh, someone who was uh, consulting in the area of uh, brand development and uh, strategy, marketing strategies, I was creating more problems than I was solving, me and my clients. We seem to be telling the world about some smoke, smoke, smoke and mirrors story, you know, about uh, everything that we had to sell to them. And that was not necessarily true. And that, that, that was biting away at my consciousness. If, if I'm asking a kid to open a packet and eat whatever's inside because it's good food, it's healthy, and, you know, you can get on the move and uh, look cool, But at the same time, I'm giving him zero nutrition. And I'm, in fact, adding to the amount of work that his body has to do just to digest that. I am sapping away that kid's energy. I'm creating a world which is going to suffer the consequences of all these uh, artificially created foodstuffs 10, 15, 20 years down the line. And since this happened to me 10, 15 years ago, in fact, almost 20 years ago, 
<laughs> I'm sure a lot of those kids that I stopped stopped uh, from eating from packets because I went away from that that uh, that game maybe benefited and I certainly hope that as we raise our consciousness as a human species as a race to understand that we are part of nature we're not against nature we're not to conquer nature we are to be one with nature we are to align with what has given us life in the first place and help that create more life instead of attempting to ourselves create more life and replicate our gene pattern and clone ourselves and all that uh, scientific discovery what we need to do is renew our consciousness to be one with the life giving forces around us and none of those life giving forces have any plastic in them none of them have packed foods in them <laughs> you know so that's what drove me away from what i was doing very successfully and into this realm of consciousness and energy which took me to the himalayas spent time in the monasteries with tibetan lamas who were experts in energy and all of that has brought me to the energetic radio and to energetic education. <laughs> <laughs> Sandeep, I love that. So let's talk about the Himalayas because I think this is really, I think a lot of people may have, you know, we, we go through life and we get on the journey and it, it just becomes part of a cycle. And I think sometimes it may not be serving everybody right, but we don't know how to get off it. Or like you said, you know, you're successful. You had a good career. You were you, it looked like you had all the items and tickets that, you know, what people want in life or they think they need. What made the you think, <laughs> Yeah, that's it, mate, they were all ticked. So, like, what what made you think, I'm going to go to the Himalayas to sort of search for your purpose of life? Because that's, that's a pretty extreme thing to do. I'm sure it was amazing. Like, what made you think that was the place to go? Great question. Great question. And for all of those listeners who are considering doing something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Should I? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people I talk to, they, they, they tell me that, man, that's a dream of mine. <laughs> so so may, maybe it's, it's good. I would recommend it. But uh, it took me five years. And that's what I wanted you to know. That it takes, it takes time uh, to sort your mind out. So I think it was around 2005 that this uh, sense of uh, uh, what am I doing here? Uh, whose side am I playing on? What, what's the future I'm co-creating? Those sort of questions started coming into my mind. And I knew I couldn't find the answers in what I was doing. Several years after that, I came across this quote by Einstein, which rings so true in this context that you can't solve any problem with the same level of thinking that created the problem. So that's, that's what uh, I sort of gravitated towards in 2005, towards something that was outside this problem. And that was uh, because I'm in India, uh, all around me, that was in the spiritual uh, connection that so many highly realized people have in India. And I was very fortunate to get in touch with some of the gurus uh, who, were, who were just a drive away from where I used to live. I was in the center of the country. A lot of them are around that area. And uh, 
just getting an audience with them, just getting to understand their perspective on life, living, and the wisdom that we've had for thousands of years started making me stress-free. I was totally de-stressed after every time I met any of these gurus. And then I started meeting them more frequently. And uh, eventually, I, I knew how to handle stress in a manner that it wouldn't erupt at all. And if it did, it wouldn't harm me because I knew how to handle it early in the piece. And that sense of uh, control over one's health, happiness, and harmony is what prepared me to take the next step, which was again recommended by another Vedic guru. He said that if you want to understand what energy is, and energy is actually everything, it drives everything, then the ones who've done the most research on this are the Tibetans. So that's uh, the nudge I got, which took me all the way to spend some months in the monasteries there. And why I would recommend it to everybody is because you do three, four things uh, from the top of my head. One is you simplify your life. When you're living out of a suitcase, that's all you've got. And you realize you don't need anything more than that. Second, you're closest to nature. And I go back to that aspect of oneness. You realize the cause and effect of your actions immediately. First of all, you, you learn how to live with nature. You learn how to uh, not eat out of packets. You learn how to maybe even grow stuff, right? Or if somebody has grown it, which is what they did in my case, how to respect it and how to consume it and now not how to create waste out of it. So in nature, there is no waste. Everything is reused, recycled. Everything becomes something else. And once it becomes something else, we as humans marvel at, oh boy, how did that, uh, uh, let's say, you know, in, in New Zealand, we have these pancake rocks. So that's the closest I can think of. I've never been to Australia. But uh, th those rocks are deposits of something that uh, the sea did. And it's uh, sort of waste. And we marvel at that. We, it's a tourist spot, right? <laughs> and it's beautiful. <laughs> it is. Yeah, no, really. Like, and when you're saying all that, Sandy, like nature, um, I'm very fortunate to live near the beach and I love going for a walk each day and just watching the water and the waves. And there's something calming about it and not to take my device and have a break because we're so connected. Like we are all the time. Um, like you just said there, I think life's journey is to find harmony. Um, but it's so, I think people want to find it, but they don't know where to go. And when you started working with the gurus, but like, was it hard? Like, uh, because it was, it wasn't the normal and I'm guessing it was a little bit uncomfortable, but the more you did it, the better it became. And then you're like, wow, this is the way I want to live. Absolutely. That's very insightful there, Dale, because we come from this uh, conformist mindset, which uh, for me was um, an intellectual mindset as well, uh, by, by virtue of my education. Uh, I'm an engineer and a management postgraduate. And that uh, gets in the way of going with the flow. You've got to have the process in place. You've got to know the next steps. In the flow, there are no next steps. And you don't even understand what a flow would mean. 
you would tend to think that it's 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 a mindless movement of following somebody or something or some lines which uh, may be meaningless to you because you don't even know the language. I, for one, don't know the language of the original scriptures. So what am I doing? What, what's, what's all this about? But then you understand, and you know, as a listener right now, you could understand this and just hold it with you for the rest of your life and save a lot of time. That anything that you hear, any sound, is pure energy. It is decoupled from the energy mind, the mind-spirit connection. So you don't have to use your mind to follow what happened with that energy or is happening with that energy. It is way decoupled from the body, mind, spirit, the, the trinity. And we are so stuck with our bodies that we need to know what is the next step, what do we do? because we do things with our body. But sometimes when you get into a meditative state, we forget about the body. We just put the mind and the breath and that does the job. But when you decouple the mind itself, the only thing you're left with is sound. And so whatever language that sound might be in, that sound will do the job of aligning your energies. And when your energies are aligned, you will feel that calm, you will feel that harmony. And because they're aligned, the, the mind is aligned and the body is aligned, which means the mind is happier and the body is healthier. Oh, there's a lot going on there, Sandeep. I love that. And, and so I feel getting the right energy because, do you know what I mean? I think people, we, we have sugars, we drink coffee, we have alcohol, we have all these things to try and get our energy up and down and our stress levels and busy, crazy world, all these things going on. What For people listening out there, how can we get some, some good, positive, consistent energy? Because at the end of the day, I think if the world had more of that, you know, a lot of those things I just mentioned around stress, anxiety, those mood swings, high, low, up, down, feeling depressed, whatever it is, I think would really help. It would, it would, it would have been there, done that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, talk and to me. Like, how can we get some consistent energy? Let's talk some consistent energy. What what can people do? All right. So let, let me give you uh, let, let, let me give you a smile. <laughs> you are giving me a smile, and you put a great smile, smile. saying, Dave. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, no, uh, jokes apart. Smile is an abbreviation for. Um, five things, S-M-I-L-E. And those five are things that we can, we can do without spending any time, but will serve to make us stress-free. So it will serve to help us catch stress before it gets harmful. And uh, the S-M-I-L-E, the S is for sleep. You know, we, we undermine the importance of sleep. It's only in the last 100 years or less that we have been actually researching on sleep uh, scientifically, apnea and whatever, REM sleep and deep states and all of that. But all of that is irrelevant because you don't need to measure all that. You need to feel that. You need to experience that. And all you need to know is that if you have a day divided into 24 hours, then a third of the day, 
for at least a fourth, that's six to eight hours, and that's the sweet spot, six to eight, is when you want to recharge. We understand that in the context of our cell phones, but we don't understand that in our own context. So sad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's very knew, true. We knew 5,000 years ago, the Tao, the yin and the yang, uh, the yin is the cooling energy, the female energy uh, related to inside, related to dark, whereas the yang is related to outside, related to light, related to the male energy. And this yin-yang uh, balance is what, what builds the duality of everything. So everything's got opposites in our warm, cold, you know. And the yin energy is the one that powers us inside. And when do we get it? We get it when we sleep. So if we don't get it, we don't have the yang energy to use during the what? The daytime. So uh, that's why we're grumpy. That's why we are uh, low spirited. Spirits are energy. You know, uh, what, what we want to do when we sleep is uh, keep a dark environment. Keep a cool environment. Don't heat up the house, the room. Don't cover yourself unnecessarily. Because you're doing everything that is aiding the yin energy from coming in. Right. So you want to aid it to come in. And when it comes in, it comes in right in your center. And guess what's in your center? Right on the top of your head is the pineal and pituitary gland. Further down are the thyroid and thymus, further down are the pancreas, the adrenals, and then the gonads. All this is right in the center of your body. And they're called the endocrine system. And they're responsible for all your hormones, all your enzymatic activity, all your metabolism. So if you're going to energize your endocrine system, you're not going to have mood swings, you're not going to have problems, you're not going to have stress, you're not going to run the cortisol up. None of that. It's so simply scientific, and it's so obviously logical. You make it, uh, Sandeep, you, you make it, you make it sound so easy. <laughs> <laughs> if if only it was so easy, like you make it sound like that. Uh, all right, so I love that. I, I think sleep is so important. Um, brilliant TED talk by I think it's Matthew Walker on the signs of sleep. He's, it, it's fantastic. If you haven't watched that, anybody listening, I think that's a great starting point. But sleep's brilliant. I'm interested to see what the M I L E for smile is. What what else have you got for us? Reminds me of Robert Frost, <laughs> miles ago before I sleep. <laughs> <laughs> the, but prioritize sleep. Second thing is prioritize some time to meditate. Now that M is for meditation, but meditation, unfortunately, is a grossly misunderstood word. People think that they need to sit in cushions and they need to fight with their thoughts and get them out or whatever. People, I mean, 100 people think 99 different things. So let me, let me clarify that for you here. Meditation means being in awareness. And you can be in awareness while you're washing the dishes. You can be in awareness of, that's what the Zen monks do. When wash, wash. When walk, walk. Don't walk and wash. Right. (laughs) One thing at a time. Exactly. So being in awareness of 
your breath is the best thing to do because the breath is always around you. And doing that with a, with a conscious effort of watching the breath go in and filling up the lungs is can it can be a very exciting travel experience because you you find that you can only travel till maybe the throat that's where your feeling probably ends but the air is going down so many capillaries if you can start mastering that it's a lot more interesting than the amazon rainforest but that's what the meditators of the ancient times used to do that's where we got our energy knowledge from, which converted itself into acupressure, acupuncture, Reiki, and whatever else. So start on three breaths. Just because any more than three, you're going to have these thoughts coming in and they're going to challenge your logical mind. Oh, what the heck am I doing? But for three <laughs> breaths, you can just put your pen down, put your laptop away and sit straight with your spine erect and breathe in. Slowly breathe in, say about five seconds in, and slowly breathe out again, five seconds out. Three breaths is 30 seconds. And if you take a 30 second break every hour, it's not asking for much, but it's a reset for the mind. So if you have an overthinking mind, you're going to stop thinking. And if you're going to have that pattern interrupt every hour for 10 hours, in about three days' time, you're going to build a habit that's going to make you calmer and stop overthinking for life. Uh, and, and with that, with that, sorry to cut you off, Sandy, but uh, thirty seconds. I like you're talking about five minutes. Like at the end of the day, <laughs> how how much do we waste five minutes scrolling or doom like doing doing a, a pointless pointless task? Um, very simple, and I love that. Sometimes. The, the most amazing feedback or ideas are the easy ones. Like, and sometimes do people, because it's so easy, they think, oh, that can't work. Do you, do you get any feedback from that? Well, actually it always works. It's just people who don't uh, want to apply it. But I yeah, always urge people <laughs> in the workshops that I do, or even, even in a talk, you know, if I'm, if I'm giving a 40 minute talk, I would make the audience do, do this with me. And once you do it and you feel the calm that you that has been induced into you in 30 seconds, you realize, man, I don't need to sit on a cushion for 10 minutes. I've just saved nine and a half minutes of my life. <laughs> Look, you're saving time there. I love that. I think that's brilliant. And I think the, the great point that uh, you've made there is a lot of people say, I can't meditate. You know, like that's because meditation, it's like mindfulness. There are so many different definitions because essentially it just means being present in the moment. So if that's going for a walk, if that's looking at the waves, if that's washing dishes, if that's mindful eating, it doesn't matter what it is, but just enjoy doing that one task is essentially what you're trying to say. Absolutely. And yeah. building a habit of it is using the breath. Yep. So then you realize that, man, I'm meditating when I'm washing the dishes. But that, that may happen after a week. But just go with the alarm every hour. Bam, bam, bam. I stop what I'm doing and I breathe three times. That's the mm. M. All right. Love that. What, all right. So we've got sleep, meditate. What, what's the I? Oh, I'm really enjoying this. This is great. <laughs> I don't really charge people for this. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Send me the invoice, Sandy. All right. You can, you can, I'll, I'll get someone to sort oh, it out. I love you. Sort of 
I was so happy you asked that question and I'm loving this. <laughs> All right, Thank mate, this you. is a free consult. I'll, I'll pay you back someday. Uh, what's, what's the ICD? I know uh, that I'm obviously enjoying this, but I'm sure listeners are as well, mate. I hope so. Thank you guys for being around. So the I is a very interesting word. It is ingest. You know, it's not just about eating. And it's not just about eating uh, the right things, which are like close to nature. Like we talked about the packed foods earlier. No, no. Eat nuts, eat fruits, eat vegetables, eat lean meats, eat protein-rich stuff. Uh, don't eat a lot of stuff that comes in a packet. You know, even bread that comes out of packets. Nope. It's got stuff on it. And definitely not the kind of chips and stuff which have stuff in it. So uh, as close to nature as you can get, that's the, that's the obvious thing. But what we're talking about is how you eat it. And that's where uh, your mama told you, uh, if you're, if you're uh, 30 plus, your mama probably did tell you, to, to bite whatever you eat. Chew it 32 times, I was told, because you have 32 teeth. <laughs> so I, I remember that from uh, my childhood. And I stopped doing it. And I paid the price and I restarted doing it. Uh, and uh, I'm 55 and reasonably healthy. So what, what that does, again, in simple commonsensical terms, ancient wisdom, it does the job of breaking down whatever you are taking in into pulp. So that what goes down to the stomach and the intestines does not consume a lot of your energy. You've done the hard work with the teeth and the saliva. Now the easy work is being done by the rest of the body, leaving your energy free for what? For your mind, for your hands, your legs, doing stuff rather than just thinking you're doing stuff, but actually it's your tummy and intestines that are consuming all your energy. <laughs> so he, he, you get a lot more productive. Oh, a lot more energy, a lot more energy too. You know? That's what we're talking about today, isn't it? Like if you do that job, then you're that excess that was being wasted on not having your 32, uh, you know, chewing or whatever. I think mine was 30. I must have a couple less teeth than you, Sandy. Um, but uh, oh, my mum didn't know how many teeth I had. Um, but I love that, that uh, the energy that you're expanding doing that gets pushed elsewhere. Do you know what I mean? And then you can use it for, you know, and you use that for general living. Uh, I think that's, I like that. I really like it. What, what about Al? Let's go. Um, whew, this is good. <laughs> So this guy is going to make you laugh because that's what it is. It is hey. <laughs> nothing, nothing like uh, laughter is the best medicine. Readers Digest has been saying that for a hundred years, haven't they? <laughs> they have. And it's true though, isn't it? Like it, 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 I think if somebody is a little bit down or they're not uh, thinking, oh, why, why aren't I feeling the best? If they could think about how many times they've laughed. I think well, kids laugh 300 times a day or something, Sandy, and the older we get, I think it's we struggle to get 15. Like, that's life's oh. not serious. It should be fun, shouldn't it? And it's, it's very, very logical again that when you laugh and you have a hearty laugh, what you actually do is shake. And, you know, you might notice that uh, sometimes you laugh after a long time and your belly hurts. 
your joints hurt, right? You say, man, I laugh till it hurt. And the reason it hurts is because you haven't been laughing enough. You've got to be <laughs> laughing because that's where your hurts are. Your tensions are stored in your joints. Your tensions are stored in your diaphragm. If you keep breathing right, opening the diaphragm up, it will not hurt anymore. And if you keep laughing and shaking your shoulders and neck and spine, all those stresses will just disappear because that's where they get stored. So that's what laughter yoga is all about. Shaking yourself up to that point and doing it with a laugh, which, which again works to expand your lungs. It works to jerk your lungs out. It throws out contaminated uh, oxygen or other uh, elements of air, which could just be hanging in, in the lungs, just expels them. Mm. I, uh -huh. I, I, when, when you say that, it, it does really make sense. You know, like... You can go and do a physical, you know, weightlifting or cardio or something like that. But actually laughing, it allows that deeper sort of burn and getting into those places that you probably don't get from the endorphins that you get when you exercise. And the way you said that, and essentially that's why, you know, things like laughter, yoga, people may laugh at it literally, but it is a thing. And it's really popular because you get the benefits of both. Yeah, because it works. Yeah. And this is why it works, because you are consciously eliminating those uh, stagnant cesspools of energy in uh, various parts of your body. Love it. Love it. All right. We've got uh, sleep, meditate, ingest, laugh. Lucky last, what is E? Because he's been excellent. <laughs> what do you got for us, Andy? <laughs> well, you just used the word uh, a few seconds ago. It is exercise. Ah, there but we it's go. It's not in the sense of going to the gym. It's not in the sense of uh, picking up dumbbells and whatever. It's in the sense of exercising physically. You know, what we did with being in awareness with our breath, the M part of it, is being in awareness with our body in the E part of it. So you do a pattern interrupt. Every time you have that break for 30 seconds every hour, also get up, also stretch, also bend, also jump. You know, so it, make it a one minute break or make it a one and a half minute break. Take half a minute to take a walk all the way to the water cooler or to the refrigerator and refill your glass of water. And make sure you consume that water every five, 10 minutes take a sip over the hour and then go the next hour, refill it. So that little walk, that little stretch on the way, that little uh, exercise is what does a pattern interrupt for the body. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah. I think uh, the, the thing you mentioned there is that exercise is something we need to be constantly doing. It's not, that a lot of people, you know, will get up in the morning and go for an hour run or we'll go into a gym class and then we sit all day. We don't move our body. We're stagnant. That's not essentially what we're made to do. Like, so key movement breaks, key energy breaks. And like you just said, if you're drinking enough water, you need to go to the toilet as well. So there's another way. Yeah. So like it all goes hand in hand, doesn't it? And you remove the toxins when you go to the toilet and it just works 360 degrees for you. And my promise was you would do these five things without spending any extra time. On the contrary, you would gain time because you would be so energized, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. 
<laughs> and you'll be ringing Sandy up saying, thanks so much. Bang, sleep, meditate, and just laugh and exercise. So when we're talking about all this renewalism, your business, your talks, is this what it's based around? You want to expand on a little bit more of that because I know it's you've lived this. This is what you've been able to create from your life experiences from what well, you mentioned at the start, Sandy, not, not being exactly happy with the direction you're going and then actively changing that for yourself, like putting in the work, seeking different alternatives to find the lifestyle you want. And essentially, that's what this has all been built on. Yes, yes. Thank you for asking about renewal because that is not a business of mine. That is a project I'm on. That's a movement I'm creating. And uh, listeners, you could just hop across to renewalism.com. It's about the renewal of our body, mind, and spirit, of, as an organization, the people, purpose, and process. Because people are the body, purposes are the mind, and uh, sorry, purpose is the spirit, what drives an organization, and processes are the mind, you know, the, the way that uh, the organizations work. So whether it's an organization or it's an individual, we're looking at, especially post-COVID, the need to renew. And renewal was uh, written before uh, the pandemic, but uh, it was uh, uh, released in the market in June 2020, because I found that what had been written in this book uh, while I was editing it, it's very interesting, uh, was something that was coming into our world uh, naturally, like we were sort of nudged into more mindfulness about masks, for instance. We were nudged into uh, renewing the way that we went to work or we went uh, to school or got our education. And renewal is about what we can do. The byline of the book is your unexpected role in saving the planet. So it's about your habits. Now, SMILE, for example, was just your habits, but they can change you. They can change your entire family. They can change your entire world because you perceive the world in a different state of uh, being, a stress-free being. So renewal of self, renewal of our relationships around, renewal of systems that have stopped serving us, but we've been so busy, is what the renewalism movement is about. And uh, so I, I'm uh, now, this, this is the decade for renewalism, uh, to my mind, if the last decade could be one where veganism, uh, you know, they, they, they gained a lot of ground because that's about our habits for our consciousness about animals. Renewalism is about our habits for our consciousness about our own survival. So I, I guess uh, that's what each one of us plays a role in. And um, that, that's my message to all of us. Uh, anywhere I speak, I love to let people explore this for themselves, that the time has come to renew and the renewalism lists out the habits that you can adopt to be able to do that without spending time. <laughs> I, I love that. And I think just listening to what you're saying there, Sandeep, that I think people are starting to realize now that maybe the way life was before COVID that, do you know what I mean? Maybe it wasn't the life they, it wasn't their purpose. It wasn't, you know, harmony. It wasn't, you can use all these different words, but they probably weren't content with where I was going. And then obviously it's been completely thrown on its head. Like you said, education, work, friendship, travel, whatever it is, it all stopped or it all changed. 
Um, so are you finding now that people are probably more receptive to wanting to change or they've seen been able to slow down with what was forced upon them and obviously realism that it's giving them the opportunity to change, pivot and, and go in the direction that really serves their purpose? True, so true, absolutely. And this, this came as a very timely nudge. I mean, there's always a good side to everything. And this is the good side of the pandemic. Mm. And I, I totally agree. And uh, beautiful work like yourself. And if people get anything from today, I think just start with the smile. Do you know what I mean? And then, you know, there's so many things when, because as you said, it doesn't cost anything, Sandeep. It's completely free. And it's up to you. Nobody else is going to do any of this for you. You're the one that needs to do it. And I think starting small, like you just said, is brilliant. So where's the best place to reach out, find you, uh, get the book? Where do you want people to go, Sandy? Oh, that, that's great because uh, there's one answer to all those questions. It's renewalism.com. And you can, as a matter of fact, get the book absolutely free if you want to get download a PDF version right off the site. Wow, so, that's a... Very, very generous of you there, mate. I really, I really appreciate that. So for listeners, this is episode number 267. If you go to the show notes, I'll have links to obviously Sandy's website where you can get the book, where you can reach out and say, thank you so much. And, and maybe give a little donation for that invoice that you're going to send me, Sandy, for the, the smile. We've already had a good laugh there, mate. Well, Sandy, thanks so much for uh, coming on the show. And um, I think it's been brilliant. I love your energy. And not only that, I'm a big believer in making things very, very simple. And I think that's what the smile, you know, S-I-M-I-L-E, I think that's what it really comes down to. They are small, simple steps that make big changes. Um, and that's the big thing I've got out of today. So um, did, did I miss anything? Is there anything else you'd like to finish off with, Sandy? But here's your time. What's the punchline? Go for it, mate. Thank you, Dale. Thank you. Yes, it is small, simple steps. Those, those become habits because they just become part of us. And uh, guys, you know, the first thing that you want to do after now is ask yourself why you do what you do. That's the beginning of getting into awareness of getting somewhere else. This entire journey of changing habits, renewing is the journey. It's the way of getting there. But what's important is why do you get there? Like Dale said, uh, do we need an external uh, trigger to make us wonder why we're doing what we're doing? A trigger like the coronavirus. Or can we have the trigger internally as it happened for me? and uh, respond to that and then just design our lives differently because that's what we deserve. Oh, I, I love that. And, and at the end of the day, it doesn't matter where that trigger comes from. I guess it's how you act on it. Um, and yeah. you know, you've given everybody the tools today from what you've mentioned, uh, but also where they can go, grab your book, grab the PDF and start living that today. So um, Sandy, thanks so much for your energy, your time, sharing your wisdom. Um, it's been so good to have you on the Energetic Radio Podcast and give everyone a chance to get more energy. I really appreciate it, mate. Thank you so much. Have a great day, everyone.